Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are feeling this morning? Whoop. What's a whoop? Whoop. Come on, man. We're in God's house. How's everybody feeling this morning? Come on. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Regal. Man, as you guys know, um, special things have been happening in this house. You know, and we see this week after week. And a couple weeks ago, there was a movement of the Holy Spirit in here that was so powerful. And there's always a movement of the Holy Spirit when we're preaching God's word, right? We know that. And last week, we were able to honor our pastor as he um, turned 40. And I kind of want to continue on that, uh, on honoring. And, um, and I have a word to preach to you today. You know, when I spoke last week, I, I said that pastors carry a lot of weight, right? There's a lot of burdens that, that our pastors and people in ministry carry. But there's also burdens and weights that people, just regular believers, not regular believers, that we carry as believers, right, as a body. There's things that we carry within our hearts. There's things that we carry daily within families, financial situations, uh, whatever it may be. Everybody carries something different. So I have a word for you today, and if you're taking notes, the name of the word is know your strength. Know your strength. And a lot of you have come up to me in the past couple weeks, and you've told me that I'm looking a little bit thin. <laughs> and I'll tell you guys, yeah, you know, I've lost a couple pounds. You know, I'm trying to eat a little bit better. I'm, I'm working out. And, and this word really got inspired because of a brother that I had conversation here with, and it's Brother Carlos. Brother Carlos, raise your hand. Brother Carlos is outside. It's good. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> Brother Carlos is outside. But anyway, I just want to tell you what the importance is of having spiritual conversations with people. Because Carlos approached me one day, and he's like, man, what, you know, you're looking thin, man. What are you doing? And one conversation led to another, and it, it quickly went from a weight loss conversation to a spiritual conversation. So I encourage you, don't negate spiritual conversations with one another, right? Because the Lord speaks to your heart through things like that. So... Many of you know, as I said, you know, Pastor Regal has been challenging many men in the church and many people actually in the church uh, to start running. I hate running. I definitely am one. I do not like running at all. A lot of you know that um, I, I was a full-time police officer, and in the police academy, all we did was run. That's all we did. It's, it's, it's not lifting weights. No, no, it's push-ups and running. And there were stretches that I did 10, 15-mile runs, and I hated it every time. So I am definitely, I'm not a runner, but I hope we all know and we realize this, that yes, we want to be better in the physical, and we want to have better health overall, but this challenge that our pastor is challenging people, and it goes a lot deeper than that, because the challenge really ties into the spiritual, okay? So there's a correlation between the physical and the spiritual, and in Luke it says this, whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in very much. So maybe we could also say this, that if we could be disciplined with the little, we'll be disciplined with the big stuff. Right? 
And I've always been one to struggle with weight. My entire life, I've always been up and down. And it's always been a very big struggle for me. And I'll do good for a bit, and then I end up going back to bad habits. Have you ever had a struggle that just, you know, you feel like, man, I'm never going to conquer this. I'm never going to beat this. I've experienced, I've experienced that in the spiritual plenty of times. And I'm sure if we go around the room, you guys have experienced that. There's just a struggle within your soul that you say, there is no way I'm ever going to get through this. And we make the craziest justifications all the time for it. In the spiritual, I say this, man, I'm just going to struggle with this forever. Or the Lord's grace is sufficient for me. He knows that I have this daily battle. Or I can't overcome this, but it's okay because God knows my heart. He knows it. I could imagine if Paul were to come to church today and he were to hear the excuses that I were to give. You know what he would say? He would look at me and he would scream, grow up. Just grow up. Grow up. He says this in 1 Corinthians. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. Grow up. And I'm preaching this word to myself 100%. If somebody's convicted, amen. But I'm here to tell you, man, I had growing up to do. And maybe some of us have growing up to do. And that's not a bad thing. We recognize that. We really come up with the craziest excuses sometimes. When the reality is this, is that Jesus came to break chains over our lives. Right? Not that I myself could conquer a struggle. But that through Christ who strengthens me, I'm able to conquer. Believers are not meant to live in bondage. We're not meant to be living in shackles to something that Christ has come to set us free from. Right? Because if we believe scripture, then we have to believe when Jesus says who the son sets free is free indeed. Are there free people in here? Amen. All right, so let's get into this. I'm going to tell you how this all started. So it started December 26th of 2020, and I know that's a weird day to try to start bettering yourself or trying to eat a little bit better. It's like the holidays, but man, I was just so uncomfortable with the person that I was, and I said, I, there's no way I'm going to wait till January 1st, because every year I tell myself the same thing. I'm waiting till January 1st, a New Year's resolution, and I said, man, no longer. I'm not doing that anymore. The resolution is starting right now, (laughs) right? I hope you guys know that we don't have to wait for a certain date to start a resolution, Right? The resolution starts when your mind is aligned with what the goal is. Right? So I don't have to wait another week. To, I'm starting right now. So Je- uh, December 26, 2020, I decided to go on a journey to better myself in the physical. And little did I know that the betterment in the physical led to betterment in my spiritual. And I don't even know if betterment is a word, but we're going to roll with it. So... Betterment in the physical led to betterment in my spiritual. And catch this part. If you're taking notes, please write this down. Being heavy in my physical caused me to hold weight in my spiritual. Something needed to change. I was done. I was tired. I needed to change something. And it's crazy because I really got to a point where I was just so unhappy. I was so unhappy with myself. Physically, I couldn't really do things I was able to once do. I mean, listen, I'm not 18 years old anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm not 21. I'm, I'm 30. I'm turning 36. But I don't move the same way I used to move. Right? As you get older, you're not going to move the same way you used to move. 
But I was very slow to move around. I was always tired. I was more irritable. I couldn't go up a flight of stairs without being majorly out of breath. Right? My sleep was poor. I just overall, man, I wasn't good. I wasn't good. So how does this tie into a spiritual? From a spiritual aspect, let me tell you what I suffered. I was tired in the spirit. I was weary in my soul. I was lazy and not disciplined in the things of the kingdom. A fire that I once had wasn't there. I needed a change. I needed a change. Because obviously what I was doing before was not working. And that's kind of the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And that's what I did. I was insane. I was insane because I thought in my own mind, okay, I'm going to do this again. But wait a minute, I failed so many times. No, but this time it's going to be different. And you start justifying. But I needed a change. Something needed to change. So the journey began. And you guys know when you start something new, it hurts. And it's uncomfortable. And my muscles got sore. And I was hungry all the time. And I wanted to quit on day one. As soon as I got hungry, I wanted to quit. Just like every other time that I had attempted to get into shape, I wanted to quit. But this time was different because I wanted to prove to myself that if I could just be disciplined in something so small, then I know that I will be able to handle bigger and better things that the Lord has for me. So you see, I had a goal. A goal that I had attempted so many times in the past with repeat failures. And it wasn't until I made the correlation between the physical and the spiritual that my mindset began to change. And I saw that there was much to gain. Much to gain. You guys know when you start a new job, like those first couple days is so awkward. And it is so weird. And it's so uncomfortable. But then as time passes, you're like, man, you know what? This really isn't that bad. And you get to know the people, and you get to know your job, and the role, and all these things. And you're like, okay, and you know what? I could stick this out. This isn't as bad as I thought. It's the same way with the journey that I went on. So point number one, if you're taking notes, it's hard. It's very hard. And I don't know how else to say it, because change is hard. The journey was not easy. And then I met the enemy face to face, the scale. <laughs> I used to dread stepping on a scale. I was obsessed with a number that I wanted. And so many times I stepped on just to be so disappointed and so discouraged, moving as fast as I wanted. What do I need to do? What do I need to change? I was doing all the right things. I was watching what I ate. I was lifting weights. I was doing cardio. I was getting 10,000 steps a day. I was drinking my water. What is going on? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to and nothing's happening. Man, because I wanted an overnight fix. I wanted a quick fix, quick results. Isn't that what, that's what's advertised now? Quick results. I will never forget I was young. I was probably like 16, 17 years old. And I walked into a GNC in Westland Mall. I don't even know that's the name of the mall anymore. And there's this guy. He's a huge bodybuilder. The guy is massive. And we walk in. And, you know, the GNC people there, they're just they're, they're salesmen. You know, they trying to sell you supplements and all this stuff. So I walk in, and I, and I go, man, I, I want to look like that guy. How long would it take me? And he looks at me, he says, one day. One day? 
He said, yeah, listen, come here, let me show you. These pills right here, these GNC brand pills, in one day, bam, you're going to start getting pumped like this guy. Come on, man. That's what we want. We want the quick fix. We want something fast, right? That's the era that we live in. Technology now, we want everything instant. Emails, instantly, you're able to communicate with somebody across the world. Social media, bam, I'm able to show the whole world what my life is like today. We want things quick. We want a quick fix. I didn't want to wait. And soon I learned that this is a process. It's not overnight. How many times haven't we been discouraged and disappointed because the Lord isn't moving as fast as we want? I'll tell you right now, I'm preaching to myself. So many times I've waited and waited. I'm in a period of my life right now, in a season in my life that I am waiting. And I've been waiting for something for a very long time. But I'm going to continue in the waiting. What, am I, what else am I going to do? I'm going to continue in the waiting. Lord, maybe these are questions that some of us ask each other. Why can't I find a spouse? Why is it taking so long? Why haven't you blessed me with a new job? Why haven't I had children? Lord, why is my family sick? Lord, why is my marriage still not working? Lord, why am I in a financial situation? And why do I have to wait, wait, wait? Lord, why? Have you ever been there? All of us, I think we could say maybe in a period of time, we've been in a waiting period with God. But despite the waiting, despite the scale not moving, I kept pushing forward. Days of discipline turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months. And when I pushed forward, when I persevered, things began to change, and the scale began to move. You see, because God isn't looking for, to do a quick fix in our lives. He is looking for runners to run the race. It's not a marathon. It's not, I'm sorry, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. A sprint is quick. A marathon is not quick. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for people to run the race. It's not going to be a quick fix. So let's keep being faithful because it's not on our time. But the time will come where he does show up. And for those who are persistent, the Lord will show up. There's a song out now. It goes something like, he's never early and he's never late. He's right on time. God is always on time. Remember, his calendar, he doesn't operate in the calendar of man. Scripture says, like, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. So he does not operate on our calendar. And I'm sure many of you have heard this before. It takes three weeks to form a habit. It takes 21 days. You know, some Christians will never make following the Lord a habit. They follow him until things get too hard. And we become fans instead of followers. And I'm going to explain to you what a fan of Christ is. A fan and a follower are two very different things. You see, a fan will show up. They stay by the sidelines. They cheer for the team, but they will never join the game. A fan loves the team, but they aren't in love with the team. A fan only supports the team if the team is winning. But when times get tough, the fan is no longer around. Now a follower, a follower is in the game even if he's injured, right? A follower never quits. Even if they have the worst record and the most games lost, a follower of a, of a team will continue to follow no matter the good and the bad of that team. 
And a follower lifts his team up in the good and the bad. And a follower stays to the end because he has faith in the little. I'm going to be honest. Many people are fans of Jesus, but there's not many followers of Christ. There's not many followers. Many are fans, but not many are followers. My second point is this. There's going to be temptation. And man, did I experience temptation when I'm on a diet. <laughs> Every time I try to go on a diet, I start craving foods that I never crave. And it's so easy for me just to give in that once. That's all it takes. My mom used to say this. A taste in the lips, a pound in the hips. <laughs> man. And I have the biggest sweet tooth for anybody that knows me. You guys know that a couple months ago I had shared this. There's a place in town and country that sells amazing cookies. Okay, it's called Miami Baked. And I'm not a sponsor for them. I'm not advertising them or anything like that. But they have amazing cookies. Okay, it's a food truck. So I have, I don't know how to say it in English. I have un antojo, okay, because a craving. Every Saturday night, and it's only on Saturdays that this comes along, that I have to go get these cookies. So a few months ago, my wife told me, don't go, it's late, and you know, I live in Miami Lake, so it's a, tra it's, it's a trek for me to get down. There's like a 35-minute drive. I go, no, I have to have these cookies tonight. I have to. <laughs> okay. I take the trip. I get there. It's raining. I don't care. I'm with an umbrella. I get the cookies. And on the way back, I never eat them there because they're nice and hot. And I want to eat them when I get home with a glass of milk or whatever. <laughs> right? So I get the cookies and I'm on the way back and I pass through the beautiful town of Medley. I don't know if you guys have ever been through Medley. But the light turns yellow and I said, I'm not going to stop. I'm going. And when I look at my rearview mirror, there's a flash. And it's a red light camera. So my $20 cookies turned into $180 because I got a $150 red light camera ticket, but it was worth it. I'll tell you now, it was 100% worth it. And things like this only happen to people when you're not in the right mindset because that's kind of crazy. I'm supposed to be on a diet. I'm supposed to be eating healthy, but I'm crazing cookies. That's another story. But yes, the cookies were still worth $180. They were still that good. Come on. But that one bite, you know, when you're supposed to be eating good, that one bite turns into another bite. And by the time I know it, certain, certain times when I'm eating food, I go on a full, complete binge <laughs> that I should have not eaten that last Oreo because one Oreo turned into 20 Oreos. And it turned into the whole packet. And the next day, I wake up and I'm dreading to face the enemy again, the scale. I don't want to face the scale because I know, I know, but I have to face reality with what I did. Because if I don't face reality, then I will never hold myself accountable. I'll never hold myself accountable. And then I feel guilty and a bit ashamed because, man, I worked so hard throughout the week for this one moment of pleasure, for this one taste, and something that I thought would satisfy me for a second left me feeling empty. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I try to justify my sin before in the same manner. And I don't know if you guys have too. Let me just dabble in this once. And the justifications come. Man, the Lord knows my heart. I'm covered by grace. <laughs> then I would taste what the world gives and I will never be satisfied. 
never satisfied, and one, one taste leads to wanting more darkness, and a little bit more the next time, and by the time that I know it, I'm consumed in darkness. That's why sin keeps you in bondage. That's why it keeps you coming back for more. Because it never fills you. Sin will keep you occupied, but never satisfied. Never will sin satisfy you. So instead of running to what satisfies Jesus, right? I ran to things that are empty. Things that leave me empty. I ran to things that I used to be shackled to. Things that Jesus sets me free from. Right? The scripture in the Old Testament says that it's like a dog that returns to its vomit. How do we return to things that we've been liberated by? That Jesus took a cross for. And we take it so lightly. I think as believers, man, we have to start taking sin very serious. Think our Savior was nailed to a cross for our sins. A crown of thorns placed upon his head. Whipped, beaten, mocked. Because of the one time, because of the one pleasure that I want to satisfy me for one second, he was nailed to a cross for But I take it so lightly. That his grace is enough. That he knows my heart. Yeah, he knows my heart. He knows the wickedness that goes on in here. <laughs> he knows the wickedness that goes on in here sometimes. Thank the Lord that his mercies are new every day. <laughs> Thank God that his mercies are new every day. It's a battle. It's a battle in the physical with all types of food and temptations for me. And also a battle in the spiritual with certain sin that needs to be stripped off. And Paul speaks on this in Ephesians 6. It says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. It's a daily battle that is fought. And I tell you today, church, choose in whom you will serve. You see, I began to chip weight off my body, but God began to, chip, began to chip weight off of my soul. And those are two different things. Two different things. And this stuff is not easy. I had ups and downs. And on a weight loss journey, you're going to have ups and downs. In a spiritual walk, you're going to have ups and downs. But then I got to the most frustrating part of a weight loss journey. Some of you might know what this is. It's called a plateau. Right? And what is a plateau? A plateau is when you... You're losing, but then you start staying stagnant. And it doesn't matter what you do, you remain the same. And this part was hard because nothing was moving, right? Everything had stalled. Nothing had changed in my routine. My body adapted to what I was doing. And I stayed stuck. In order to see more progress, something else needed to change. In our walk with the Lord many times, we've stayed stagnant. And I'm preaching to myself. I've been walking with the Lord since 2014, and there's been times that I've been up and down, and there's times that I've been stagnant, not wanting more. And Pastor Regal has preached on this. He preached on this not too long ago. How many times we get comfortable, we go on cruise control, we're good at 60 miles an hour. We're good with one day a week coming to church. We're good listening to that one worship song in the morning, right? We're good with hearing a message but not actually applying it. 
I've done that so many times. Man, this is a powerful message. And I leave it right there. I don't apply it to my life. But if the message has so much power and there's so much to gain for it, from it, why am I not applying it? We want our routine. We want our worship songs. Then we want our announcements. Then we want the word. And then we leave and eat lunch, not concerned the rest of the week. And then Sunday we come back and we do the routine all over again. Let me say this to you guys. God's people are not called to be routine. That's pretty ordinary. But what if I were to tell you that God didn't create you to be ordinary but extraordinary? To pick up your cross and to follow him, to serve one another, to share the gospel, to love a neighbor, to take care of widows, to take care of orphans, to live a life surrendered to him. That's what we're called to do. Come, come on, let's be extraordinary people. Let's not be ordinary people. Let's not be ordinary people. The extraordinary that lives in us is a witness for the world, right? When we leave here, I hope people don't know that you're a Christian because of a Facebook status. I hope they don't know you're a Christian because once in a while you, per, you post a verse on your Instagram. I, I hope that's not what the case is. And if it is, man, that the Lord works on your heart. We're called to be extraordinary. <laughs> We're called to be extraordinary people, to walk in the things of God, to, to, to do kingdom work. This stuff is serious. I don't understand it. We're grasping, like, the gravity of this. We're not of this earth. Our citizenship is not of here. We belong to another kingdom. We understand that, that we're passing through this world. We're walking through this world, yes, as believers, but we don't belong here. This is not our home. This is serious stuff. Man, and while we're here... Man, let's scream the name of Jesus as a banner for the world to see. You could give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. Man, we should be screaming at the rooftops, screaming Jesus' name at the rooftops with our lives, with the way we love people, with our families, with the way we encounter people on the streets. You know, I've encountered... When I was a full-time police officer, I encountered a lot of people. And usually when I meet people, I meet them at their lowest. Usually when somebody calls the cops, it's because they're having a bad time. Something, something is wrong. And I meet people at the lowest points of their lives. And I've seen many things. I've seen a lot of things in 10 years. But you know what? In meeting people at the lowest, I always try to approach a situation the same way. That yes, you might be at the lowest point of your life today. Man, but that there is hope. No matter the situation that you are facing today, that there is hope. And I didn't care if I got in trouble because I ministered to hundreds of people while I was on the job. And I would tell them that there is hope and hope is found in the cross of Christ. Okay? Whether that means that I get fired one day, that, that they don't like what I say, I do not care because I'm going to scream and I'm going to point to them where hope is. Because there is no way that you are going to tell me that today, yes, it's the worst day. What does that mean? What is tomorrow going to be? Is tomorrow going to be another worst day for you? What about a year from now? Are you still going to be living in the lowest point of your life? What about 10 years from now? Are you still going to be living from a point saying, man, my life is so bad. Everything is so wrong. I'm here to tell you today, if you are living in the lowest point of your life, that there is hope, and hope is found in no other name than Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm going to get into my last point. 
Worship team, you guys can start coming up. Could play softly in the background. So we've talked about that being healthy in the physical is very important. And I encourage everybody to live a healthy, a healthy lifestyle, right? We know that physical fitness is good. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Scripture says. So yes, let's honor the Lord with this temple. But this is something so interesting. Look what Paul writes in 1 Timothy 4.8. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. As it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This is such a powerful scripture. Bodily training, it has value. Paul's not discarding it. He's not saying it's worthless. He's not saying don't do it. He's not saying it has no value. It has some value value there's something to gain from it but it's temporary it's for this life alone we don't take it with us but it is beneficial while we are here right we understand this we could be physically strong but spiritually dead and what good is that what good is being so strong but man i'm dead inside A lot of you guys know about the Olympics, right? I'm sure there's nobody here that doesn't know what the Olympics are. A gymnast, what does it take to be one? Lou Rock may know a little bit about this. What does it take to be a gymnast? And I got this, and I wrote this down. To become a high-achieving athlete, you must be systematic in approach. You got to be strategic, highly disciplined, have the focus of vision to put your training above all else in your life. And you have to start young. A lot of training to become an Olympian gymnast begins from the ages two to four. So from a young age, you are programmed for one thing, to be the best. What is training like? And I had to Google this. And I was in shock. Most of these people that are training to be Olympian gymnasts, they spend six to seven hours a day of training. Imagine if I spent six to seven hours a day in the Word, in prayer, in worship. I'd be a beast. <laughs> I'd be a beast. Olympians have a diet that's beyond point. They live, eat, and breathe gymnastics, an entire life dedicated to one thing, a focus and a discipline that goes way beyond most of us. Let's be real. They have a mental discipline because their biggest opponent is in the mirror. What an amazing gift to be so disciplined for something that you love so much. Can you imagine if we had that same discipline in our walk of faith? What if I were to tell you that, yeah, you can't have that? What if I were to tell you, it goes even deeper, that we're called to live such a life of discipline? Hebrews 12.1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run the race with endurance. Run the race that is set before you. Run it with endurance. Don't straddle along in the race. Don't do a slow walk in the race. The author of Hebrews is saying to run the race with endurance. 
What is endurance? That you're going to be able to last long. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You want to last long. Live disciplined. Strip off every weight. Tear apart sin. Sin that entangles you. And you run the race focused. Live disciplined. So now Paul speaks on the value of the physical, right? He spoke on it. And now he talks about godliness. And godliness has value in every way. Paul says it is good for here and there that's what godliness has it's good the value is good while we're here and it is good while we're up there so for this life and for the life to come exercise your physical so you can reap some value here i encourage you but now work the heck out of your spiritual so you can have value in every single way you know i didn't lose weight overnight you don't you don't get in shape overnight, right? It's a process. It's a process of being disciplined. Days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and months turns into a lifestyle. I hope you see the correlation between the spiritual and the physical here. Because, you know, one good meal didn't make me healthy. Just like one bad meal isn't going to wreck me. But one good meal didn't make me healthy. It was a bunch of good meals over a period of time a lot of long workouts over a period of time, it was consistency and focus. Consistency. And the process of sanctification isn't overnight. It takes time. Catch this. Reading my Bible once in a while is not going to bring me growth. Praying once in a while isn't going to make me spiritually strong. Fasting every now and then isn't going to reveal things to me. It's consistency in the things of the Lord. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Right? The Bible says, for those who endure to the end shall be saved. We must endure. We must fight the good fight. But be consistent in it. Be consistent in this walk of faith. These things that I mentioned should be routine for the life of a believer. And I preach to myself when I tell you, there's been seasons, man, I don't read the word every day. I'm not in prayer the way that I should be in prayer. And it reflects, it reflects on my soul. It reflects how I feel. I feel weary, right? You feel, you start feeling distant from the Lord. But man, when he's given us a manuscript, he's given us a blueprint. Man, here's my word. I want to talk to you every single day. Why don't you just pick it up and read? See what I have to say to you today. Get into conversation with me. Get into to worship with me. It's being consistent of the things of God. You want to know why many times people don't last? It's because when it gets hard, we quit. I've been there hundreds of times. When things get hard, I just quit. Have you ever heard the saying, if it's easy, then everyone would do it? I have. And it's, it kind of holds true. If it's easy, everyone's going to do it. Some things are just very difficult. And there's no endurance because at the side of uncomfortable, they throw in the towel. There's no consistency and there's no discipline because things are too hard. You can ask my wife how many times I've wanted to throw in the towel and walk away from ministry. Ask her how many times I said, man, I'm done. I, I, I can't handle this anymore. It's too uncomfortable for me. I don't want to grow in this area of my life. 
I don't want to deal with this problem. I don't want to face this person. And I've wanted to throw in the towel because of the uncomfortable. And that's where you stay stagnant. You stay like still water. You become lukewarm. And I've been there. I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> I become lukewarm. It's, it's a stagnant water that doesn't run. It's not a river that is constantly running. It's stagnant. It's dead water. But then I ask myself, where do I go? Back to the world that left me empty? We go back to the who and the why. And you guys have probably heard me a lot talk about the who and the why at 930 Huddle. It's the who and the why. Who am I doing this for and why am I doing it? The who is God and why am I doing it? Man, because we're called to be servants of the Lord. We're called to be servants of a king. So what do we do? We push forward. No matter the obstacle, no matter the pain, no matter the hurt. You know, with every workout, I get a little stronger. I gain more endurance. I move heavier things. I get more motivated. But my real strength is not drawn from a gym. It's not from lifting heavy weights. It's not from eating right. I, all these things are good. But our real strength is drawn from the cross of Christ. That's where we find strength. Because every time I open the word, my spirit gets a bit stronger. Every time I'm in prayer, every time I fast, every time I'm in fellowship, every time I'm in worship, every time I'm serving someone, every time I'm doing kingdom work, I'm that much stronger because of him. I'm not gaining a physical strength, but a spiritual strength that is much more profitable. So church, I don't know what's weighing you down today. I don't know what you need to strip off today. But we should allow ourselves to be weighed down by the right things. The things of the Lord. Jesus is the anchor of our souls and an anchor has weight. And an anchor is immovable. And when an anchor gets gripped by something, it is very difficult for it to let it go. What are you anchored by? What are you gripped by? What have you allowed to grip you? What has weighed you down for so long that you just feel it is impossible for it to be lifted? I challenge you today in this church. Let's grow. Let's grow in the things of God. Let's grow in soreness. Let's grow in the uncomfortable. Let's grow in the unmotivated. And let's grow in discipline. Let's grow in discipline. You know, I hope we understand today this message is not about me losing weight. <laughs> that's nothing, this has nothing to do with me. But it does have to do with us as a body to be disciplined in the things of the Lord. My prayer is this, that we are able to live a life with intensity and fire for the things of God. That's what my prayer is for all of us. If you guys can stand with me today. And the altar is open, or it could be right there, right where you're at. You know, see, we have guests here today. And if you've heard my messages before, somewhere in my message, I preach the gospel. In most of my messages, I always preach the gospel because I want you to know that the gospel is as much for people who are lost as much it is for the believers. Right? And the gospel is 
the only message in the world that is able to free you from shackles. So I want you to know today, if there is somebody in here that is heavy burdened, somebody in here that has a weight around them, that you don't know how you're going to go on tomorrow, I'm here to tell you that there is freedom found at the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's freedom found there. And the gospel is this, is that we are unworthy because of sin in our life. We have chosen our own ways instead of God's ways. We have turned from Him. And because we have turned from a perfect and holy God, there is a penalty to be paid for sin. But God being rich in mercy and being rich in love made a way for guilty sinners like you and me to be reconciled to Him. You see, 2,000 years ago, God came to this earth in the form of a man, in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus lived a perfect life of 33 years, a life that I cannot live for 33 seconds. And while Jesus was here, he was mocked, and he was spit upon, and he was beaten, and he had a crown of thorns placed upon his head. And then they gave him a cross and they told him, march all the way to Calvary. And at Calvary, he was nailed to the cross for the sins of the world. And as Jesus hung on that cross, he was thinking about you. Here today, 2021, at this exact hour, and he knew that today you will be listening to the gospel. And you have a decision to make today. You crown him or you kill him. Romans says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. You will be saved. It is a promise of God. There is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. He is the one mediator between man and God. Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So my friends, I'm here to tell you this today, that there is life, that there is hope, that there is freedom to be found at his cross. And if you are someone in here today that does not know him, I'm not talking about being a fan. I'm talking about being a follower. If you are someone in here today that wants to be a follower of Christ, right where you're at, you don't have to come up to the altar. You can if you want. Man, I, I want to pray over you today. That you may know today that by repentance and faith and trust in Christ and in Christ alone, that salvation is granted to you. That you become part of a body. That you become part of a kingdom, an heir of a kingdom that is not of this world. Let's come into prayer. Lord, I thank you for everybody in this place today, Father God. Lord, because I know that in this walk and in this life, Lord, things are not promised to us to be great, but you are the great thing in our lives. That no matter the circumstance, Lord, no matter the situation, Lord, that you remain to be steadfast. You remain to be the anchor of our souls. Lord, and I pray for people in here, if they have walked in with a burden, Father God, whatever that burden is, if it's a marital problem, 
a financial issue, a family problem, a problem of depression, a problem of anxiety. Lord, we cast all of those issues out today in Jesus' name. Lord, that we come to you in surrenderance, Father God. Surrenderance of who you are. The majesty of who you are, King Jesus. Lord, that you are good. That in the bad days, you are good. In my trial, you are good. In my hurt, you are good. In the suffering, you are good. You are good despite the circumstance, Lord, because you are the same God that was yesterday, today, and forevermore. You are good. You are good. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We surrender this to you today, Father God. Lord, that this word, Lord, that people recognize, Lord, that it speaks to the depths of their soul, Lord. That it has nothing to do with a physical transformation of a body, Lord, but that it has to do with a spiritual transformation of a heart. A transformation that is making us to be more and more conformed to the image of you, Christ Jesus. Lord, that by the power of your gospel, Lord, you have come to break chains. And we can now walk in a freedom that you give, Lord. And I pray that over this church today. I pray that over Nest Church today, Father God. Lord, that they walk in freedom. Because you are the hope. We thank you, Lord. Together we say yes and amen. 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 So good. Hope you were blessed by the word today. Amen. And that you could uh, go home and just um, take thought to it and apply it to your life, to your family, and to see how that could bring uh, greater transformation in your life. A lot of great points were made. I was thinking about Paul's letter to the Corinthians when he says don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but one person gets the prize so run run to win all athletes are disciplined in their training they do it to win a prize that will fade away but we everyone say we we do it for an eternal prize so we run with purpose in every step we're not shadow boxing we discipline our bodies like an athlete train it to do what it should do Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. So we're not just punching against the wind. We're living a life worth fighting. And we must discipline ourselves. Discipline ourselves. Live disciplined. Don't just quit easy. If you quit for everything easily, there's something wrong with your spiritual life. Yeah. Dig deep and say, I'm going to be a fighter. i got to stop being a quitter in my life. You're going to quit on your kids. You're going to quit on your marriage. You're going to quit on your friends. Stop being a quitter. Fight. Let Christ make you a fighter for the things of Him. Let it start with the mentality. For my father-in-law's birthday the other day, they didn't have healthy food and they ordered food. And they got two pizzas and I ate two pizzas and I knew it. I was like, this is going to eat me alive tonight. We got home. We took the kids in bed. My wife, I looked at my wife and said, you got any plans? You got, everything's good? That's it? The kids are in bed? She goes, yeah. I was like, it's like 9 o'clock at night. We wake up early, you know, five, six. And I said, I'm going for a run. She said, what? I go, I ate two pizzas. I just have to go run. Just got to go do it. Got to go. Got to go. It's like a mental thing, you know. It's crazy, I know. But the reality, a lot of that in spiritual aspects is that, right, we have to put it in our minds and say, no, this is what I got to do. This is how I got to face it. This is how I got to run my race. This is how I got to do this. 
Many times quitting was an option, but every time quitting was never the option taken. It was always to what? Continue to run the race that is given to me. And that's the life that we live. Come on, you are athletes, well-trained. Don't give up. On that cross, he just be like, that was hard. I should have just given up. Thank God Jesus did not give up on his ministry like we so often do. Things get hard and we give up on our ministry. But Jesus on that cross, shameful naked, says, I won't give up on this ministry for the sake of another person. Man, let us be warriors. Warriors for the cause of Christ. Athletes for the cause of Christ. Well-trained for the cause of Christ. How many of you could say amen? What a beautiful, beautiful service. What a beautiful word. Let it start. Let it start in your mind. Let it start there in your heart. I just want to let you know that you are loved. We end every service saying those three words, you are loved. Sometimes people don't hear that. Sometimes they hear it. Oh, you're loved. You love you. I love you. And we say I love you so often. And we don't really, you know, love is not necessarily something that we say. Love should be something that we show with actions. Jesus says, no greater love has man than this than to lay down his life for another. So love is actually displayed in what you do, not necessarily what you say. So hopefully you can love someone. Hopefully you know that you are loved. If the church didn't make you know or feel that you are loved, know today that Christ wants you to know that you are loved in him.